0: A very warm welcome to The Early Retirement Show, the show dedicated to helping you navigate the nuances of an early retirement, a non-traditional retirement. Now, let's get right into the episode so we can learn how to retire early. A warm welcome back to the Early Retirement Show. I am your host, Ari Taublieb, and today's episode is one I've been waiting to record for a long time because it is going to tell you how to save hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes, and I am so excited, and it depends based off your situation if this even makes sense, but for those that it does... Oh my gosh, is this powerful? So, we're going to be talking about Roth conversions and charitable giving and all of these strategies that can give more to the charity, but can also benefit you personally for your tax situation. I tell everyone this, and my clients laugh. And I know some of my clients listening to this are probably about to laugh again, but I'm all about being patriotic, not to the degree that I'm so patriotic that I'm actually paying more in taxes. So, I do love, of course, our country, but I do not need to pay any more in taxes, and neither do my clients. So what I say is pay as much as as legally you have to, of course, but don't pay more than that in these strategies, Roth conversions, charitable giving through a donor advised fund, which is pretty much like having your own foundation, which is very cool that most people don't even consider. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And all of this and more once again is on my YouTube channel. What I love about the podcast app is that you can all listen to this free. Um, I don't put any ads on this. I want to make sure you are not interrupted throughout the process. My kind ask is that if If you don't mind, please do continue to rate and review the podcast. If you leave a helpful review, it helps more people find the show and understand when they can retire early. And if you know by now you've been listening for a while, it's not an early retirement that I love. What I love is knowing when you no longer need to work, when you are in a position where work is now optional because financially you no longer need it. Now of course that's a different thing for different people and we're going to be talking about that today. Now let's hop right into an example because you know I'm all about the examples is let's look at what a Roth conversion example looks like. And I'll start always by explaining what does that even mean? Roth conversion, Ari, that's not even English. Well what it means is you are moving money I'm going to imagine that you have contributed money to a Roth IRA or You say, you know what, Ari, yes, I have a little bit of a Roth IRA, or I don't have any Roth IRA, but what I do have is a 401k. What I do have is an IRA. And if that's you, wonderful. You can contribute to those accounts. Now, you get a deduction when you do contribute, so yes, we like that. And then it grows. We also like that, but then we have to take the money out. And when we take the money out, we do have to pay tax on that, and that we don't like as much. So how can we mitigate that? Well, one way of mitigating that is through something called a Roth conversion, where you intentionally pay taxes— stay with me for a second. I know that sounds weird. Intentionally pay taxes knowing that in the future you are going to pay so much less in taxes. So it's this weird thing that I often summarize as tax insurance where you can lock in a certain bracket knowing that if you've saved and invested well, odds are you're going to be in a much higher tax bracket in the future. So can we look at that and go, can we save hundreds of thousands? And in some cases, it really is millions of dollars. Um, I had a client who I spoke with last week who we are going to save hundreds of thousands of dollars by just doing this conversion and pairing that with charitable giving is a such a powerful thing, and I'm going to show you that right now. So, let's look at the example now that we know what a Roth conversion is, and it'll you'll have no required minimum distributions, and all of the money is tax free, and it'll grow tax free and compound tax free. There's enough on Roth IRAs that I could do a whole episode on. In fact, I've probably done about 30 or 40 on just those, but let's look at this. So, a Roth conversion example let's assume that a husband and wife they retired age 60 so in early retirement which really is anywhere between that 50 to 65 traditionally well that husband and wife who are 60 um, they retire and they want to spend a hundred thousand a year throughout retirement I'm taking this from a, a real listener question um, by the way and this listener um, they have a million dollars in cash today they have another two million in IRAs now not the exact amount but I'm not I'm leaving off hundreds and cents just for simplicity so a million in cash two million in iras and another million in a brokerage account and i'm going to assume for this example that ten thousand dollars of the hundred thousand dollars every single year is dedicated for giving okay so they want to make sure they can spend a hundred thousand a year let's not talk about taxes or inflation or any of that yet let's keep it super super simple hundred thousand is what they want to spend 10,000 of that's going to giving. So, 90,000 is what they want to live off of. They've got a million in cash, two million in IRAs, and a million in a brokerage account. Let's also assume that they are retired. Once again, no mortgage as well. So, in this example, if this couple is retired, they have no mortgage, they're likely not receiving a tax deduction for giving. Why is that? Well, $10,000, great, that's what they're giving. But the couple is probably going to take a standard deduction because if you look at, should I take a standard deduction or should I itemize? You want to take what's ever larger. And the standard deduction is 25,100. Um, so because of that, there isn't enough mortgage interest. And I'm looking from a previous year. So that's not fully, um, updated. It's higher than that actually today, but this is from a previous example. So that's what that standard deduction was at that time. Um, the point here is you want to take what's higher because there isn't enough mortgage interest, because there isn't significant charitable giving. Because state and local tax are capped at 10000 that would be higher than essentially the standard deduction. If there were all of those things, wonderful. If there's not, just take the standard deduction because ultimately if $25,100 or you know, what of course it is today exactly with the updated number, that's what we care about. And if that's what we care about, great. Let's make sure we're maximizing that. Now for perspective with charitable giving, if this couple gives $10,000 for 30 years, They've given $300,000 to charity and they haven't deducted anything that's treated as an expense, not a deduction. Yet they've done an amazing thing. Yes, we want the charity or 50C3 of their choice to receive that. We want to make sure they're getting as much as they can and you are getting to deduct it. So let's make some more assumptions here and I'll just strengthen the case. You'll see. Let's assume this couple lives off of cash and social security for the next 12 years so they don't have to pay any taxes on IRA withdrawals. Not withdrawing from an IRA today may seem like a good idea. And I'm just taking ultra, ultra simple example here. Um, and once again, not withdrawing from any IRA may seem like a good idea, but you'll be likely paying a much higher tax bill in the future when RMDs begin. So if this couple has $2 million, remember they have $2 million in their IRA, and that grows by 7% per year. Well, it's going to be actually at about $4.5 million by the time RMDs begin, meaning their required minimum distribution at that time will be $175,000. By age 80, the required minimum distribution would be $240,000. You might hear that and go, Ari, that's wonderful. I can't wait to live off of all of that money. You might say, Ari, I don't even know what I'm going to do with all of this and how much am I going to get taxed on it? And I'm guessing it is more of the latter. Once again, we know the couple, they only need $100,000 a year to meet their expenses. They would now be paying significantly more in taxes than they need to or even want to. So how can we reduce this? This gets into the fun of it. This is what I nerd out over. So if my tone seems a little bit more excited than usual, it's because this paired correctly can be such an unbelievable technique. Roth conversions. There's only so much a couple can convert before jumping into the next tax bracket. So if your income is very low today, let's assume there's no income, you're paying 0% taxes, which can feel very good. You've paid taxes for many years, Or you can say, hey Ari, can I actually try to fill up certain brackets, but not go too much into one bracket? You wanna find that happy medium where you don't shoot yourself in the foot by paying more tax than you need to. You don't just leave value on the table, knowing if we could fill up a a 10% bracket or a 12% bracket, let's do that. But does it make sense to fill up the 22%? Does it make sense to fill up the 24%? Well, let's have a conversation. So what can you do if you want to reduce your tax liability in the future? Check this out. What if there was a way to take advantage of the next 30 years of giving that a couple is going to do so that it's not an expense but a deduction? So the couple still gives that same $10,000 a year, but what if the couple set aside $300,000 of the cash that is currently of the million dollars that they just have in cash and what if they contributed that to a donor advised fund? This is an irrevocable gift so once given to that donor advised fund you can no longer give it back. It has to go to a charity but instead of not receiving a single deduction for 30 years of charitable giving this couple could take a $300,000 deduction um, and essentially create income and then use that and essentially pay a charity of their choice and that all gets to grow for you. So now... We have a $300,000 deduction, which is very amazing, but how can we now create income for a couple that's retired and they don't want to go back to work? So you don't want to go back to work. You want to make sure you certainly have enough set on the side that you can live off of. This $300,000 deduction, wonderful. How does this talk to a Roth conversion, Ari? What are you even saying? This is starting to not sound like English. Well, I'm going to bring it back to English. This is where a Roth conversion makes sense. Let's assume in the same year that you contribute $300,000 to a donor-advised fund that you also do a Roth conversion from your IRA into your from your IRA into your Roth IRA. Um see even I can get mixed up with the language a little bit. Um you do a Roth conversion from your IRA into a Roth IRA. If you have 2 million in your IRA and I know sometimes numbers are difficult so I'm going to make YouTube videos for all this as well. Don't worry. But if you have 2 million in your IRA and you use 300,000 for a Roth conversion, that's 15% of your total IRA balance. 15% is now in your Roth IRA, 85% still in the IRA. 15% of the growth of these funds are now in your Roth IRA. Remember, that grows completely tax-free forever. $2 million of your IRA will have compounded and grown to $4.5 million, which means 15% of the growth is in your Roth IRA. Now, let's fast forward once again. Now, $675,000 will now be in your Roth IRA at age 72 and $3.8 million in your IRA. Once again, I'm going to back up just to summarize this, what the power of this is. Remember, the $2 million in your IRA, we converted... We essentially did a Roth conversion, moved 300,000 into a Roth IRA. That 300,000 grows and grows and grows, and that's now 675,000. And in your IRA, traditional, There's 3.8 million as opposed to having 4.5 million. So, in the previous example, 4.5 million is what you would have had before any conversions. Now, with conversions, instead of a pre tax portion of 4.5 million, there is a pre tax portion of 3.8 million that lowers the amount of taxes on. Those required minimum distributions here's a few important details we don't want to forget about you can only deduct up to 60 percent of your adjusted gross income with a cash donation to your donor advised fund what's an example of that to easily understand it if you donate call it 300000 In cash to a donor-advised fund, you cannot write off the full 300000 You can only write off up to 60% of the adjusted gross income. If there's no other taxable income at all, you can only deduct 60% of $300,000, which means $180,000 can be deducted today, which makes your adjusted gross income $120,000. In the year that you contribute, you would pay taxes on the 120,000 instead of 300,000. Why is that so amazing, Ari? It will save you a large amount of taxes because you're paying taxes on a much lower base. One big thing here, this is not assuming any medical expenses or state taxes. All of that would lower your taxable income anymore. Now, I imagine some of you are thinking at this point, point. Um, and if you're still following along, kudos to you. That is why I love on the Apple Podcast app, you can pause and and restart the show and and... You can speed it up and slow it down. I love that. Um, I am a big podcast listener myself, and I love that I get to do that. I listen to history podcasts, and it is fun for me to do that. That is my escape. Um, What about the remaining 120,000 that you're talking about? Well, any amount that you don't use this year to contribute can be carried forward for five years. This is known as a carry forward deduction. You can do a Roth conversion, be very strategic about how much you convert each year to keep income as low as possible. Once again, this is a carry forward deduction. So any amount that you don't use It gets to be carried over it's not out of the question that you could do this and stay in a significantly low tax bracket while converting 25 to 30 percent from your ira to your roth ira now let's look at what the tax savings of this really looks like the the exciting part of this in this example instead of having 4.5 million at age 72 you might have 1 to 1.5 million in your roth ira and call it 3 to 3.5 in your ira if you're doing these strategic conversions Charitable giving no longer needs to come from your cash flow. It's not coming from cash. It's not coming from your brokerage account. It's not coming from your IRA. You have pre-funded your donor advised fund to reap the tax benefits, and you now have the ability to invest in a donor advised fund. Now, if you are invested in a moderate portfolio in your donor advised fund, just a moderate portfolio, just as a super basic example, and let's say that you gave that $10,000 from age 60 to 90, your donor advised fund was growing tax-free. And now you would have $632,000 left over. Remember the first example is you gave $10,000 for 30 years, and now you have $0. Now you gifted $300,000, but now you have zero. In this other example, you gifted the same $300,000, and now you have $632,000 left over. That's $632,000 more dollars that can continue to either be for gifting, it can compound on itself, and yes, you would have much more money at the end of retirement than when you began. Once again, if you had that 300000 growing it, even call it 5% per year, that's $15,000 a year of growth every single year and while you're giving ten thousand a year your donor advised fund is growing tax-free and it's fully supporting your giving your donor advised fund would leave a significant amount of funds left over at age 90 assuming that's when you pass away i don't like to kill anyone off but i have to in these examples that you could leave to the charity of your choice or you could just increase the amount of your charitable contributions throughout retirement and get to feel the value of those gifts um Let's talk a little bit about donating cash to that donor advised fund, so let's assume that you have a million dollars in a brokerage account, and let's just pretend it's all in Microsoft stock. well let's assume Microsoft stock was purchased for um, you know many many years ago for ten thousand dollars and I'm just using round numbers here let's pretend it's now worth a hundred thousand Well, if you own that Microsoft stock and you live in California and you're a couple and you had a combined tax bracket of twenty five percent well the $100,000 of Microsoft stock, it's only worth 77500 because of the 25% taxes on the 90% of the gains. So if you chose to put property and business interest or stock with a low cost basis in your donor-advised fund, you can take a deduction on the fair market value. Why is that so amazing? For example, this couple, they say, hey, we're gonna donate this Microsoft stock to their donor-advised fund, and we want a $100,000 deduction. Well, taking the deductions and embedding the gains is an amazing strategy. Donating cash allows you to deduct 60% of your adjusted gross income and you can carry forward the additional deduction for five years. Donating stock, it allows you to deduct 30% in deciding how much to deduct, to deduct, excuse me, is what you want to determine based off of your income, number one, tax bracket, number two, and all of what I call other planning considerations. When does this not make sense? Because these, these are amazing strategies, but I talked about this at the beginning, is you don't want to implement this or consider this if you if this doesn't make any sense. And number one is if giving isn't part of your strategy, doing this is not going to save you a, a net amount of income. So I would say don't do this. This is only if you want to do a significant amount of giving. If you say that is very important to me and I want to be as efficient as I can with that giving. When does this make most sense? If you are listening to this going, does this make most sense for me? If giving is part of your planning process and you have invested well and you have saved well, this can be an extremely effective planning tool by using a Roth conversion in conjunction with a donor-advised fund. So I know that was a lot for today's episode, a little bit more of a nuanced topic. Um, I've received a bunch of listener questions of different types of topics, whether it's about municipal bonds or rental income, or about how do I make sure that I just minimize my lifetime tax liability. Keep those questions coming. I love answering those questions. And once again, I will see you all next week um, for the Early Retirement Podcast. If this has been helpful whatsoever, please do continue to rate and review the show. That is how more people understand when they are in a position where work is now optional, when they can retire early and really make their money work for them in the most optimized way possible. That is it for today's episode. Um, I will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website tax, or legal advice. Consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.